Welcome, welcome, geeks and nerds, girls and boys, to the brand newest edition of geek to me Radio. Today we are joined by actor Kevin L. Johnson talking about his time on the Netflix series Ozark. Then we'll be joined by actor and host Paul Guerra talking about all of his exciting things he has coming up. This and more. Stand by. We're talking TV, comics and movies, and video games. And for those of you who are finding us for the very first time, we appreciate your coming along, staying with us, and hanging out. I'm your host, James Enstall, bringing you geek to me Radio each week. For those of you who are fans who have come back, thank you very much for doing so. If you're finding us and subscribing us on your uh, normal places you get your podcast from, like iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Podomatic, or wherever your hosting platform is, we appreciate your subscribing. If you have not already done so, if you could leave us a nice, favorable five-star review, that always helps us, brings us up higher in the ranking for the search engines, and just all around is a nice thing to see. We have a full show, two guests. Here we go. Right now, we've got Kevin L. Johnson from Ozark Season 2 and uh, Deep Trouble by Season 3, as we saw. Kevin, how are you? I'm doing well, man. How are you? Doing really well. Uh, I got to say, Ozark is a show that took me by surprise. I've always been a Jason Bateman fan. Obviously, you have to love uh, Laura Linney. And we turned on the show on a whim, and it hooked us. I mean, we were drawn in. And I think a lot of people feel the same way. What was it like, the audition process, going in for Ozark for you? Uh, well, it was a taped audition. Um and yeah, I mean, I got the breakdown for the role of Sam, and it said affable uh, real estate agent in the Ozarks and loves his dog. So that was <laughs> that was my uh, breakdown. And then I just uh, like when I did the audition, um, it was the first like the first scene that you see me in the show was was the first scene I did in the audition, and uh, you know the famous peanut butter on the toes with the dog that a lot of people remember. Right. So we did that. Uh, I did that on tape and <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting. And if I, you were, if I'm not mistaken, you came in season two. I don't remember seeing you in season one, correct? Oh no, I was in season one. You yeah. were, okay. I, I remember the whole yeah, thing. Yeah. Cause was... I was, uh, um, cause I, I bought, I helped them get the house. That's right. And, that's right. Yeah. Okay. So, Obviously, it's been such a phenomenon. People just love this show. They can't wait for it to come back. It's dark. It's gritty. Um, and you film mostly in Atlanta, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Uh-huh. And so working on a show like this, 
Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure there's a lot of secrecy involved. They don't want leaks and spoilers. And I feel like this took forever for season three to come around. We've been waiting and waiting. So have you heard any news at all on season four when you might start shooting again? Obviously, the uh, uh, COVID-19 has pushed everything back a little bit. But have you heard any rumblings? Yeah, um, I think we're still on track to, to start shooting because uh, I don't think it's going to it's it's not going to be within that period where it's going to affect us, um, at least as far as I know right now. Uh, we don't have a specific date. Um, and of course, we have to officially get picked up. So we haven't heard back yet. Uh, but I feel good about it. Um, I just uh, I don't know. If, you know, I can say anything gotcha. about that. We don't want to I mean, get you sued. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel good about our chances of coming back. Yeah, I would certainly think so. I mean, this is a show that I think it's got some serious legs that could go on for a couple more seasons, depending on uh, as long as uh, Marty can stay alive. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. So your character, again, I don't want to spoil anything because I know some people haven't seen it. A couple of friends who just are slow to watch shows. Uh, you're in a little bit of a precarious situation come the end of season three. Your arc starting out, they kind of drag you into this as a actor approaching this kind of a role tell me a little bit about your mindset uh creating the character of sam and how you kind of feel in the moment in the role oh yeah um well it's been a, a blessing to get to play a character like him because it's it's my first uh role on a tv show where i've had an arc so it's cool to go from like season one where i'm like a mama's boy um, if you've seen season one, of course, and, and then I go to help Wendy and then I get, you know, and then I'm starting to help Marty out. And, uh, yeah, it's been great to see, uh, you know, like how he's, um, how he's, uh, progressed and, uh, you know, become less of a mama's boy, more independent, but, you know, he's still got, uh, you know, um, Wendy and Julia and Marty kind of, um, or when, Ruth, not Julia, <laughs> Ruth, Julia is the actress. Right. <laughs> uh, um, all three of them are kind of, like, he's under their thumbs still, you know? So, but, uh, yeah, man, it's been, it's been a blast getting to play him and, uh, getting to, you know, try different things out with him and the writers are awesome. So like when I was working on season one, I don't know how uh, long I was supposed to be in the show um, because when I got cast, it was like for two, three episodes. And I think uh, they just fell in love with what I was bringing to the role. And I just was blessed that they kept writing me in and making my character more uh, integral to the plot. That's got to be such a great feeling as an actor to, yeah. hey, we, we'd like to have you come back, Kevin. We, we got a little bit more business for Sam to do. Uh, that's yeah. That's got to be a great feeling. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. And with all the work you've done on Ozark, I know we've had uh, Trevor Long was on the show last year talking about his role as Cade. Oh, cool. And yeah. he said he could not say nicer things about the cast, the crew. He said it's just it. Everyone says it. It's a bit of a cliche, but he said it's just yeah. like a family. He said you, there's yeah. there's a, really just a team effort and that you guys have the best cast and crew. Oh, yeah, man. We keep it, you know, nice and light on set because it's because it is such a dark show. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely like a family, you know, cracking up in between. And, yeah, it's it's a blast, man. 
And with what you've got going, you're on the casino, you're you're losing money, uh, which is obviously being given to you to lose. It's an interesting, yeah. that's got to be, I guess in real life, that'd be great if someone just gave me money to lose. I could do that easily as well. But <laughs> but uh, the role playing this, how much, uh, how long do the scenes usually take that you're filming? Is it, uh, is it, are they long days on set? Talk a little bit about the actual days on set themselves and the process. Um. I guess it kind of depends on like how big the scene is. Uh, you know, if you've got a lot of uh, background artists working, um, that takes more time for lighting and everything. But um, like once you actually start filming, it's uh, you know it goes by pretty quick. Um, it's like when they uh, you know when they're changing angles and all that. That's what takes the time. But I would say. Uh, yeah, it kind of varies, but I mean, like, I guess per scene, if I'm estimating, maybe like an hour um, or so. But like, I mean, that doesn't, uh, well, no, it's probably more than that, but most of the time takes when like setting up lighting and everything. That's the big part. And you're on the casino on the riverboat. How much of that is actual? Obviously, there's great locations all over Atlanta and uh, where you're yeah. shooting. Is that actually a casino or is it just like exterior shots of the riverboat and the insides all on a soundstage? How is the uh, shooting on that part work? Oh, so the casino like interior is uh, is um, at the studio in Norcross. OK. Um, and then like the exterior. Well, uh yeah, the ex the exterior is on location, and then for uh, some of the shots where you see like uh, on the water, we shot in Savannah um, to get those uh, uh, to get those exterior shots mm-hmm. like that. I gotta say, we're we're based here in St. Louis, and I was very disappointed <laughs> to come to find out it wasn't really filmed in the Ozarks. I was like, yeah. that's, uh, but I know our governor is a little bit a little tight fisted with the shooting credits and things like that. So hopefully that'll that'll change maybe later on. I think we got. A, I want to say for season one though, um, I think at the very end of the episode where you see like the family on the uh, on the um, like on a cliff, mm-hmm. and it kind of pans uh like yeah, and it widens out I'm, I, I'm almost positive that was in the ozarks because you can't fake that 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 can't be uh, some of that landscape yeah i know a lot of the exterior shots i'm sure they do drone footage and things like that when yeah. they're actually overlooking the lakes because obviously that's that's geographically you can almost point to oh i know right where that is that's you know yeah but can't fake uh, that right exactly working with this cast who has been the biggest surprise to you obviously either someone who you hadn't worked with before who you found like you just immediately clicked with or someone who was surprisingly funny that you didn't uh, know would have that kind of hidden humor to them? Oh, Oh, wow. That's a good question. I mean, Julia is, is hilarious and she's also sweet. Um, And I know the writers weren't sure, like it was my character and her character that they weren't sure uh, what was what they were going to do with after season one, and obviously she she'd blown up from the show, yeah. and she's incredible, and it's been great to work with her for the last uh, two seasons. I didn't get to work with the first season, but you know most of my stuff has been with uh, Julia in the last two seasons. 
it's uh it's just amazing that the character development too like uh, for all the characters from from the bird children uh, and then tom pelfrey this season my yeah. gosh that was a master class in acting yeah. um it's it's such a great show uh the riveting just the drama of it all and this dark seedy underbelly that you wouldn't think would exist you usually think of the ozarks you think of fun boating you know memorial day <laughs> so this is it's been such a great surprise to be on this show and i know coming forward uh you'll be on walking dead their newest spinoff world beyond and we'll take our first break come right back wrapping things up with kevin l johnson right after this so stand by Hello, this is Kari Payton, King Ezekiel from The Walking Dead, and I encourage everyone to listen to Geek to Me. It's a lovely program. Would I ever steer you wrong? Welcome back to the show. Geek to Me radio brought to you each week by myself, James Enstall, but I wouldn't be able to do this alone. No, 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 no. I have the uh, good fortune of having some people who believe in the show, who help sponsor it. And none of those more so than the city of St. Charles, that's historic St. Charles, the website you might know it, discoverstcharles.com. Hopefully you know it by now because they've been with us since the very beginning. The first sponsor I went to, the first people to say, absolutely, we will help you. We love the idea and we've been partners ever since. I greatly appreciate it. They've done so much for me. Uh, They've done a lot for the community. A friend of mine was just let go. I should say a friend of mine's mother. Well, she's a friend. Uh, let go from her job, and she worked for the city of St. Louis, kind of unceremoniously discarded two years from retirement. Not much uh, done for her, but the city of St. Charles was kind enough that her her son works for the city of St. Charles. They sent her a care basket, some gift cards, and was very nice, and it's just the kind of people who you get to work with and you get to know here at the Convention and Visitors Bureau in the city of St. Charles. Uh, great place to visit. If you're from out of town, uh, come stay. Uh, certain things are being lifted. You might be able to travel now. You might want to get out. You might want to see something new. City of St. Charles has a lot to offer. I just had dinner down there with my wife this past weekend, and it was beautiful weather, gorgeous, gorgeous spring day in St. Louis, and sat out in the patio of the Tompkins house. Many of you who are familiar with St. Louis might know it as the mother-in-law house. Had uh, just an incredible strip steak dinner there. Uh, they've got specialty cocktails at the Tompkins House. That's kind of indicative of what you will find up and down Main Street in St. Charles. A lot of nightlife on the north end, uh, like Quintessential. Uh, a lot of uh, places you can go grab a drink, hang out with some friends. They have karaoke at Big A's. All sorts of cool things to do. The south end, a little more quaint. Uh, they have the new Salt and Smoke, which just moved in. That's been about a year, I guess. Uh, since they moved in, great places to eat up and down the street, unique shopping experiences we always talk about as a history buff. Uh, they have a lot of things to see. Frontier Park is open, and you can take your dog for a walk, go play Frisbee, uh, just hang out, go for a bike ride on the Katy Trail. A ton to see and do all right there. Start your trip at the website. Go to discoverstcharles.com, as we always say, for an historically good time. My guest this first segment is actor Kevin L. Johnson. We're talking about his time working on Ozark. And before we went to break, we were talking with him about, uh, it appears he will be part of The Walking Dead's newest spinoff. We asked him about that. I don't know yet, uh, because uh, I think, no, I think I actually got cut from the season. Oh, no. Yeah. 
But that's okay. Um, you know, I mean, that means I get to audition again. That's um, true. So I'm back in the audition pool, uh, and I love that universe. So I'm sure I'll something will happen out of it. So obviously, we talked a little bit before we started recording. Uh, we're in quarantine and everything. Ozark's a great mm-hmm. show. If anyone's listening and wants something new to binge watch and they haven't watched Ozark yet, what about you? Are there any shows that you are just mesmerized by? Have you done Tiger King? What What are you watching in quarantine, Kevin? <laughs> I did watch Tiger King. Did you? <laughs> uh, that was uh, it, it was like um, I don't even know how to describe it. It was just <laughs> a train wreck that you just couldn't look away from, no matter like. It was just insane. Uh, so I did that. Um, I just finished Billions. Oh, I had yeah. to catch up on that, and I'm all caught up on that, ready for season uh, season five on on the third. Um, so I'm, I'm ready for that. Like I'm just jacked up for it now that I've been binge watching it. And then uh, I never got into Arrested Development. Um, <laughs> I think Jason would find that kind of <laughs> he would find that interesting. But it took me a while to get into that. So I binged watched all five seasons, um, you know, the first three, which were on Fox, and then like the last two, which went to Netflix. Yeah. And that was just a master class in comedy. Right. Um, watching the like the the subtleties and, you know, Jason playing the straight man and, oh, man, like Will Arnett as, <laughs> as Job and. And there was this one the the episode that kills me the most is with Julia Louise Dreyfus where she plays uh she's supposed to be a blind That's lawyer. That's right, yeah. And then you find out her dog is blind and she's been <laughs> pretending to be blind. It's just it, it was just bananas. I always joke my wife and I watch Ozark and I'll try to do my best Ron Howard impression as he's going. I'll say <laughs> I'll say Marty Bird was on his way to the casino and we'll try to interject little things like that throughout the just kind of cuz sometimes it gets so dark and heavy you kind of want to raise it up a little bit but yeah uh, seeing him go from arrested development to ozark is again a night and day performance as well i would love to see like uh on snl whenever they get back to it and if jason or uh especially if jason gets to host again and they do something like that like it's a ozark kind of uh like they do an Ozark skit, yeah. But then you have Ron Howard's voice, <laughs> and it and it looks like a sitcom the way like the camera and the lighting is all set up. That could be funny. Have Julia come out? Does it look like I'm effing joking? Have Ron Howard? <laughs> she wasn't, you know, something like that. <laughs> That'd be that would be fun to see on Saturday. And again, Saturday Night Live very well could pull that off. They could probably get Ron Howard oh, to come yeah. in just for the voiceover. Oh yeah. So as an actor, we talked about Walking Dead. Uh, are there any franchises like, obviously, working actors always want to be working as much as they can. Is there anything you would love to be a part of? Obviously, uh, Walking Dead's huge now. Um, shows like that have passed, like Mad Men. Is there anything that either you uh, want to be a part of that you have not yet had a chance to or something you wish you could have if the show was still on the air? Um, oh, if it was still on the air, The Office, for oh, sure. Oh, yes. Um, I remember like when I was, uh, living back in Charlotte, um, and I hadn't, obviously I hadn't booked Ozark. This is before all that. And I sent my, like, uh, my resume in a manila envelope with my headshot to the casting directors, like (laughs) of the office, hoping that they would give me a chance at some kind of role. And I never got an audition. Um, so if they ever brought the office back, that, that's definitely one. Um, I would say right now, 
Better Call Saul is probably oh yeah one of my best one of, I would love to get to work with like Bob Odenkirk or Rhea Seahorn um, on that show. Uh, it would that would just that'd be amazing. I don't know. I think the next season. I don't think they've started casting yet, and it's probably supposed to be the last. Um, since Breaking Bad went six seasons, I'm thinking Better Call Saul is going to so, go six. So fingers crossed I get an opportunity uh, before that show's done. And uh, that's another one, Breaking Bad, where it's almost like I wish someone could eternal sunshine my mind and go back and watch it again with a blank Ooh. slate, because that's yeah. just a brilliant show. But you've been very fortunate to be part of a lot of great projects like Ozark. Uh, you were an American Made with Tom Cruise, which was a great movie. Uh, uh -huh. When you're doing film roles, when you're doing TV shows, as an actor, what is what is usually like? A lot of people have different methods for when they're getting into a character. Do you are you someone who goes over all the material? You look over the scripts and all the sides of what other characters are doing. Talk about a little bit about your process for getting into a role. Um. Yeah, I mean, uh, I just I read the script or I read my scenes. Usually, I don't like to uh, if it doesn't affect my character that I'm playing, then I just uh, I don't I don't I don't read that part. Mm -hmm. That way, I'm that I that way I can enjoy the movie or the TV show when I actually watch it. Um, and then I just try to find the beats, uh, you know, and figure out what my personal objective is in the scene with my, uh, with my scene partner, not so much the character. I like to, um, to, uh, to keep it on a, uh, on a personal level. Um, that's how I was taught in acting class to make it personal. Um, and like, you know, you want to find out the fictional objective too. Uh, like what, for example, like what does Sam want in the scene? Um, but then you try to – you want to turn – at least for me, it helps if I make that a personal objective. Like if I can some kind of way mold them where they're, uh, where they're similar, and that, uh, that definitely helps me uh, get to where I need to get to. And are you an actor who can go back and watch himself? Like uh, when you sit down with uh, family and friends and you watch Ozark, are you able to watch your scenes – uncritically just kind of enjoying the show or are you an actor who, Oh, I wish I'd done that differently. Ah, I don't like how I was lit from that <laughs> side, stuff like that. Are you able to digest, divest yourself from the acting part and just enjoy the project that you're in? I try, but I think it's tough as an actor, like, uh, to, um, I mean, if you're going to watch yourself, which I do, I mean, I still watch myself on screen. I know some people don't, but I do. And yeah, no, it's, it's tough to, to not analyze, what you're doing in those scenes like, Oh yeah, I could have done this different. Oh, my eye line could have been over here. Um, so for me personally, yeah, it's tough, uh, you know, to, to break from that. Like when I'm watching myself. And before I let you go, I got to ask as soon as quarantine is lifted, what's the first thing you want to do once you're able to do whatever you'd like to do again? Uh, well, I, I mean, I go to the gym, and I was doing like I do CrossFit, so I I was doing that like Monday through Saturday. So now I do it at home. So I'm uh, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, to getting back to the gym and you know seeing my my gym mates. Um, so that's definitely up there. And then also just getting uh, back in the audition ring. Um, I'm ready to to get going. I got my reel 
uh, ready to go. And I think uh, good things are going to happen after uh, season three's been out. So, I think so too. Like I said, it was a phenomenal season. Uh, great job. I I love everything you've done in everything everyone's done in that entire cast. But you you've been a great addition to that cast. They're Thank lucky you. to have you. And Ozark season three is still available along with seasons one and two on Netflix for those of you who are listening who want to catch up and see more of Kevin. Kevin Johnson, tell people where they can find you on the interwebs. Yeah, uh, so on Twitter, uh, my handle is Kevin underscore L underscore Johnson. And then my Instagram would be the Kevin L Johnson. Perfect. Continued success to you. We look forward to seeing you more in uh, season four of Ozark and hopefully in Walking Dead World Beyond if they're smart enough to bring you in. (laughs) Thanks, man. Thank you. Have a great rest of the day. You too. My thanks once again to Kevin L. Johnson. Uh, Very, very fun guy. Very talented. Very humble. Very nice. Hopefully we can have him back on, as we mentioned before, uh, the next season of Ozark premieres. Uh, Very interesting guy. Very neat. If you get a chance to follow him on Twitter, super nice. Please do so. Uh, We're going to take our next break. And we'll come right back talking with actor and host Paul Guerra right after this. So stand by. Hey, man, it's me, Kevin Smith, Silent Bob. You're listening to Geek to Me Radio, man. This is the only radio show that the guy does Batman Beyond listens to for his geek news. And we're back. Uh, this next guest is someone who I interviewed a little while back and just I thought I'd aired it already. I feel horrible that I've uh, kept you from hearing this interview with Paul Guerra until now. Uh, very nice guy, very talented man. We got the chance to speak with him. We're joined now by a man of many talents, uh, TV host, actor, uh, comedian. He's done it all and he's got a law degree to boot. Paul Guerra, how are you? Hey, man. Oh, great hours, by the way. I like it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, you've got uh, quite an extensive background, but what intrigued me the most, uh, let's let's start here. You went to school and graduated uh, with your law degree and then got into yeah. acting. So what what was the that, that I mean, in my mind, it's a bit of a 180. So how did going from law school <laughs> was acting your original intent? And if not, what kind of steered you in that direction? Yeah, actually, you're you're super right. So actually, I always loved uh, acting and music and the arts in general. That was always my approach. But uh, I I am from Ecuador in South America, so my mom was super against all that. She was like, "No, that's not a career for you. You're going to be starving. You're not going to make a living with that." And at the time, I was so young, and I didn't have like the personality to just like fight for for what I wanted. So I ended up like, what should I study now? So I went for for law because I just liked reading. I wasn't great with math or physics or like, you know, anything with numbers. So I just decided to go with law because I like talking. I like reading. I like words. So that was easier for me. And I went through the whole thing. I colored six years of, of the career, the undergraduate program. So I studied six years law. I finished and yet I was still finding myself miserable, hating my life, being like, I don't like this. I don't like the nine to five. I don't know. I don't like to be uh, in my desk job and like taking orders by random, like people who are wearing a suit and like, you know, it wasn't <laughs> my thing. So yeah, I wasn't always was playing in bars with a, you know, cover band that I had and like going to 
you know, auditions and castings back home. And then I landed a TV gig and that was the beginning of everything. I loved camera work and being on set. And then that was it. I was like, I need to move to LA. And I left everything back and came here five years ago. And now that you've had some success, obviously, like I said, the commercials you booked for like First Five California, Nissan Ford, among others, is your mom okay with your career choice now? <laughs> yeah, she was she was supportive uh, already when I was back home because uh, that TV show was also well, it was good, you know. So uh, I think then she was realizing like, okay, he really means this, and she started supporting me. So then she changed her approach with that, and now she's. Uh, my number one fan. So yeah, I've been very grateful for those things that I've been uh, getting uh, so far. And it's interesting you talked about how how you like to talk, so you thought you'd go to law school as opposed to acting. But I think I've always kind of thought about um, actors, if if they were to go and get a law degree, they'd be great because you really have to sell your case. You have to convince a jury. So I think uh, in my mind, the acting and law kind of go hand in hand. You would think actors would make good lawyers. Uh, so obviously the reverse totally. is also true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because you know, so some actors say like acting basically is lying. You need to really like sell a lie. And some people call like lawyers, like the biggest liars there <laughs> exist. So it goes hand in hand. And also, uh, a bunch of tools necessary for, 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 you know, for law are very useful also for, for acting because you need to break down a script. You need to really dive deep and check for details and do some background and research and all that stuff. So that's basically like making a case as a lawyer. So it's really hand in hand. And also, yeah, the, you know, the scales and just like talking to people and like stepping in front of an audience. In this case, it's not like a judge or like a jury. You're in front of a camera or an audience. You're doing some theater work. So it's, I think it's pretty, pretty close to be honest. And your Univision TV hosting, I, I think hosting is just one of the greatest jobs there is out there you you, you t- talk to different people as opposed to having to memorize a script and be a little more improv based yes. talk a little bit about doing the univision tv host talk a little bit about how you got it and what are some of the most enjoyable things you've had so far since you've gotten the gig yes so it's, it's, yeah 100 percent what you say like it, it's more like in the moment it's less scripted you feel like more kind of like this conversation is more like what's like when it comes like you will just go with it and like of course you have some copy points or like bullet points that you have to go through especially with clients sometimes that they are like advertising on the network they want to speak about like specific topics so you have to do it but then uh the it's great like i got the gig on october of last year and it was like crazy i got it like through a recommendation of a makeup artist who i work with like almost three years ago hmm. for a telemundo tv show which is basically the nemesis of univision they're like super rivals for the hispanic market so i did like an episodic gig with them and the makeup artist remembered me she followed me on instagram and she saw my work i was always posting my interviews and my hosting stuff and then she was like hey i think you should be pretty good for this job i'm working here at univision why don't you apply so i did apply and i went for the casting process it was like a long process interview with some executives and addition uh, uh, a bunch of things and it was like a three-part process and then i ended up getting it so that's been amazing the most fun things i've done so far has been like going to the Rams stadium the the la Rams. they came back to la you know the football team yeah and they are building a huge new stadium um in um here in la 
that is opening, I think, next year. So I, I got to go for the construction side and interview the engineer responsible for that, like the architect, and speak about the project. So they gave me like a tour of the stadium, and that was super cool. That was actually my first day of the job. That was the thing that I did. Wow. So that was pretty awesome. And then I went for um, to cover like an event called Monster Jam, which is like about those huge trucks, you know, the monster oh, sure. trucks and stuff. Yeah, that was fun. So I had to be there, like, next to the huge cars and trucks and, like, make a, a segment there. And then the last one was last week. I went for the Cirque du Soleil Volta. They came to L.A. So I got to go. I went to the premiere, and I, I got to be backstage and interview, like, the BMX artists and, the you know, the people doing the show. That was amazing. And I got to see their customs and check their bikes and the props and the whole thing. That was super, super cool. That was a, a very special one to me. And when you're hosting, you, you get to go to these events and everything like that. Do you ever have kind of uh, in your mind, you're, you're thinking about it in advance, obviously. You kind of have to have an idea of what you want to say, what you want to do. Have, has anything ever yeah. really kind of thrown you? Like, I want to take this in a completely different direction. And how do you uh, adapt to something like that with when you go in with a preconceived idea, but then you have to kind of like throw it out and do something else? Is that fun? <laughs> Is it exciting? Yeah. Is it a little nerve-wracking? We're going to pause right there. Take our next commercial break. We'll come right back. Talking more with Paul Guerra. Stand by. Hey, it's Ralph Garman. You are listening to Geek to Me Radio. You've made an excellent choice. I can't believe how smart you are. It's incredible. Your brain is as huge as your biceps. Welcome back to the show. We've been chatting with my guest, Paul Guerra, talking about his uh, hosting live events. And as someone who has hosted some events myself, I know things can change. You go in with a mindset, things change, the crowd changes. Uh, it's not what you expected. The event's different. And having to adapt and adjust in that changing, uh, how does he deal with it? Is it excited by it? Kind of uh, a little bit of his mindset. I mean, it gives you adrenaline. It's almost like acting, you know, like if you're like preparing something like to like you're too attached to the to the idea or the outcome and then you come on set and something, they just like change the, the, entire, the entire schedule or something and you need to like on the go adapt. That's awesome. But like for for, for the Univision gig, it's great because that gives you more freedom and I know it gives you more adrenaline to just like be present. The only times I didn't like it is when it's live. When I have, like, for the news show that it starts from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m., sometimes they, they give me news, like, a live things to do. And that thing is nerve-wracking because if you miss something, you have the guy on the on the earpiece telling you, like, 30 seconds, 15 seconds, or yeah. rap, 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 and maybe you're in the middle of a question with someone and you have to interrupt them. That's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one thing because we we do live radio here, and it's one of the things where you're watching that clock, and you've you've got a guest trying to finish the thought, and you're like, Paul, yeah. I'm really sorry, we got to go, we got to take a commercial break, come right back. That it's, it's always the worst thing to yeah. do when you have that time clock behind it you. It is. It kind of robs you yeah. of the spontaneity. <laughs> yeah, you end up with this feeling like maybe I didn't do it right, maybe the producer is not going to be happy. There's a bunch of those things of like, or maybe the audience didn't get the whole idea. So it's it's a little that's the only thing I'm like live stuff is a little more the the stakes are higher so I don't know, it puts me more nervous definitely and switching gears from the live stuff you've got a podcast is it Cinema Dharma uh, Cinema Dharma am I pronouncing that right Cinema Dharma yes Cinema Dharma that's right and that's uh, that's obviously. That's more pre-recorded because you can just sit back and you get to interview other actors, uh, some of your peers yeah. and everything like that. So obviously, 
a little more relaxing and you can get, do you do much editing or you kind of keep the flow of uh, everything that's uh, recorded? You just kind of go from there. <laughs> yeah, actually I, I started doing it like very much like the Joe Rogan approach. Like, Hey, let's just talk and like, see how it goes. But sometimes like they end up being like one hour and a half, two hours and not even myself. I'm not going to see that video anymore. Like it's too long. So I just like realized that it's not working, like having so like long conversations. So now I'm like, when I'm there telling them that like, let's make like a 15 minutes top, like, you know, length and we'll hit certain points and then I'll just let it like, keep it casual, like very like organic as this conversation, just like see how it goes. But always I put like a 13 minute, like cue on, on my watch. And whenever it starts like vibrating, that's like, okay, wrap it up, wrap it up, wrap it up. So I've been doing that, but I was like, yeah, as you say, it's more chill. I get more relaxed. I shoot here in my apartment. So it gives me more like a sense of being at home. And it's pretty, pretty cool because just like, uh, you know, acting, like you know, we love talking and like, you know, we take sometimes so seriously this craft and this thing. So it's nice to see someone, some of your peers and just like share experiences. But mostly I do this to, to share the journey and able to, I want to inspire like whoever the podcast or my videos that I put on YouTube of the same, you know, the same um, interview, whoever it reaches to, like, if I can just like get one person excited about like whatever their endeavors are, like even if it's not acting or like theater or like anything, if they're like, they want to be, uh, I don't know, like a school teacher or engineer or whatever. And they just get like hooked or motivated or like they want to pursue their dreams. That's kind of like my my objective with the whole channel and with Sinadharma. And with Sinadharma versus your Univision TV host gig versus uh, other things you do, do you have, do you kind of switch gears? Do you always try to make it you or do you have like an on-camera, a little bit more energy or a different style you use versus when you're on the podcast, a little more laid back kind of, how yeah. do you, how do you differentiate or is it all just kind of the same? I, I, I try to stay like myself, you know, like authentic, even for, for the Univision thing, but like sometimes like for, 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 for the network, let's say they have a specific client, like a health insurance client or someone who needs like their, the message to be a little more upscale or it's like something for the Philharmonic of LA. I need to be a little more like toned down because usually my energy is like very big. And that's, that's, I think why I've worked uh, doing commercials because I have that kind of energy with me. But then, yeah, for that, I need to bring it down. But, like, for the for the podcast, I actually keep it, like, myself. But since I'm just interviewing, I actually want to be in listening mode. I don't talk very much because mm-hmm. there's nothing worse than, like, an interview with the, where the interviewer is, like, just doing all the talking and doesn't let the guest talk. So that's what I do. Like, I actually just shut up and listen and just, like, react to their answers and ask new stuff that comes up with, the, with their answers. So it's like, a, you know, I feed up from them. As as a host, uh, with all your gigs, there's there's people out there who uh, are legendary hosts like Johnny Carson, uh, Jimmy Fallon, yeah. uh, Graham Norton over in the UK. Yeah. Do you have uh, someone who you really admire as far as a host, who like is the pinnacle for you? Yeah, man. Like uh, I really, I really like uh, uh, Stephen Colbert. I think he's great. Yeah, I think he's really great. I really like his style. He's witty. He's on point. He's very like elegant at the same time, and I like um, always. I always like follow the work of uh, this. Um, well, he's he's actually from from my country, so it's weird. But like, I really like a guy called. Uh, he's a different. He's like more like a politician, like a politics channel. He interviews like proper like uh, senators and like candidates to be presidents and stuff. So I really like also his stuff. 
And then Joe Rogan, like I find his approach like very likable, very like grounded, very just like listening and always trying to bring value like to to the audience. And then the other one I really like his style is also like Gary Vaynerchuk in terms of in terms of like energy and just like mostly bringing value to the audience. Because if I do it for just for my sake and just like to talk for no reason, I kind of miss the point. So I always kind of want to keep in mind that I need to bring some value and some sorts to my audience. So I think I mix all of the things that I learned from them. Right. That's kind of the, the best thing to do is kind of take all the best parts of all the people you admire and kind of bring it all in. That's that's uh, that's yes. the perfect style. And never <laughs> losing your, your core, like your essence, because if you're just like kind of like impersonating someone else and missing your own voice and your own tone, you'll be, you won't be reaching far because what makes you unique is yourself. So you need kind of also to stay true to your unique voice. If that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I totally agree. So what else do you, yeah. do you have like on, I know you interview other actors. Um, is there anybody who you've got coming up that you're really looking forward to someone you're trying to get who you haven't quite landed yet? Yeah, actually, so I'm just, like, scheduling issues because of their time and also mine. So I had this, uh, he was my he was my acting coach for a while, and he's really great. His name is Tim McNeil, and he's, like, a playwright, he's a, an actor, he's a theater director, he's a, well, he's basically a genius. And he directed a movie, like, he's now getting into cinema, so he directed a film with um, Matt Boomer, the guy from White Collar. Sure, actor. yeah. He's super... No, yeah, and he's now in the center. So he made a movie with him and um, John Carroll Lynch, which is also like from Zodiac, you know, and like Fargo. Mm-hmm. He's great. So he directed that movie, and it was a movie that really touched me because it was based on a play of the same name. It's called Anything. And while I was in acting school, he gave me a scene from that uh, play to, to to make for scene study class. So I think it was so awesome to see the same character that I worked on, like being like in, 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 on the big screen. So that was nice. And then I just took a, a class with him like last December and he was telling me he's now make to one, going to repeat his directing gig now with uh, Mark Ruffalo. That is their super friends because of, of Stella Adler where they were classmates. And oh, yeah. I also studied there. So yeah, so I'm going to have him speak about his like career as a playwright, as a director, about the upcoming film and all these little stories that he had, like also working with Stella Adler when she was alive. So that's going to be amazing. And then, uh, yeah, I'm working also on getting another actor called uh, Yorgos uh, Caramijos. He's like a Greek uh, uh, super legend actor. So I want to have him on, on the show. And yeah, I'm starting from there, like one guest at the time. Sometimes you get one one person and they'll, someone else will see the video and like, oh, I want to be there. So, you know, it's like a snowball effect. Right. So, yeah, so far that's that's how I'm, how I'm the ones that I have in mind for the first like three months of this year. Very cool. It sounds like you got a lot going on. That's great. So let everybody know if they're listening right now where they can find you, where they can find Cinedharma. Uh, tell them about the YouTube channel. You're you're out there everywhere. Tell people where the best place to find you are online. And we're gonna come right back, telling you where exactly you can catch up with Paul Gatto right after this. So stand by. Welcome back to Geek to Me Radio for the final segment. 
Uh, this show, this segment, brought to you by MarcusTheaters.com. I miss the movies. I miss going to see. We've missed Black Widow. We've missed Minions. Uh, we've missed James Bond showing out. All these movies are getting pushed back. The one thing I'm looking forward to more than anything else, I can't emphasize it enough, is going to a movie theater and seeing a movie in the theater on the big screen uh, surrounded by 200 strangers. I, I love the movie going experience. I love that we have the technology where we can do these things online and things are being released on demand. It does not match going to a theater and sitting down with a bunch of people watching a movie with a big bucket of popcorn. Luckily, Marcus theaters uh, is keeping that flame alive for us. If you go to their website, you can actually order a movie prize pack, not a prize pack per se, but a movie at home movie pack, I guess I should say, where you can actually uh, bring the popcorn, the bucket, the uh, all the stuff right there to you, the movie size candies. They have a special going right now, too. It's called an intermission e-gift card special. And while we're waiting for this COVID to go away and movie theaters to open up, you get a free $5 promo card with every $25 e-gift card purchase. So if you have someone graduating, uh, birthday coming up, give them the promise of movies that things are going to back, get back to normal. Here's a movie card, and you'll get $5 e-gift card return uh, on that for yourself also. Theaters are closed because obviously we're being mindful of the COVID outbreak uh, you can order that Marcus Fun Pack, as I mentioned, which is the three candies. Uh, it's a whole big package you get in the mail, and I loved it. We've already done it uh, twice. We're going to do it a third time because I love movie theater popcorn. You can tell by looking at me. I'm not someone who shies away from all-you-can-eat popcorn. Uh, go to the website themselves, MarcusTheaters.com, and you can check out all the things we're already seeing do. They have coloring things you can download, activities for the kids who are uh, stuck at home. Uh, to kind of help you out as we transition through this COVID craziness. MarcusTheaters.com. Check out their parking lot cinema. If it's uh, at a location nearby you, you can socially distance, and it's like going to the drive-in movie. Very cool idea on the part of Marcus Theaters. Support them. Uh, get the movie pack to have movie night at home. MarcusTheaters.com. Uh, we're wrapping up the show. Right before we went to break, we asked Paul Gatto where you can find him on the interwebs. Yes, so on uh, Instagram and Twitter, it's at Paul G-R-R-A. You'll find me there, like Paul Guerra. And then on YouTube and Spotify or whatever you listen to your podcast, it's called Cine Dharma. It's like Cine, like cinema, and Dharma, it's D-H-A-R-M-A. So that's where you can find me, and I hope you can uh, listen to some of the content if you're an actor or like a any any related to the entertainment industry like let's connect there again leave me your comments and like let's let's keep talking through there perfect and we will post a link to that on our facebook page uh when the show airs so that should be fantastic paul guerra thank you so much for your time today it's been a pleasure to speak with you and james likewise that's gonna do it for us another episode in the books Thanks once again to my executive producer, Joey V, for making all this sound as good as it always does each week. Stay safe, and until next week, my friends. It's not in the way you watch I sound be. It's not in the way you watch the flash. It's not in the way you love Scotty Young Arts. It's not in the way you play Mario Kart. It's not in the
Thank you, Lake of the Ozarks. Good night. Hi, this is James Enstall, host of Geek Me Radio, and in honor of my favorite Themyserian, I've decided to become an Amazon warrior. Harold, give me strength. The next time you want to buy something from Amazon, go to geektomeradio.com first and click on our Amazon affiliate link. Simply shop like you normally would, and when you check out, a small percentage will go towards supporting the show. So remember, the next time you want to search Amazon for the latest Wonder Woman graphic novel or parts for your invisible jet, click through from geektomeradio.com first. The world was in peril. Would you have me stand by and do nothing?